It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Diamondbacks podcast. You're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day, you're listening to who? The always wonderful, and might I add, handsome host of this podcast, Miller Thomas, multimedia journalist and graphic designer. So please, go check out my website, MillerThomas24.myportfolio.com. On there, you can see all my latest work, from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. For today's show, we get a few things to talk about. Ketel Marte's expected return, previewing tonight's game, and I'll tell you who won the NL Player of the Week because you're going to want to hear this one. But first, if your company's interested in reaching men between the ages of 18 and 44, your company should be sponsoring this podcast. Locked on Dimebacks to listen to by 98% men and 80% between the ages of 18 and 44. So if you want men in that age range, this is your spot. Plus, I'll rate to the most reasonable around. Email me at LockedOnDiamondbacks at gmail.com to find out more. And I want to apologize for yesterday's show. I was listening back to it today, and I heard a few sniffles on there. My nose was pretty clogged for some reason. When I woke up yesterday to do this pod, so I didn't realize it sounded that bad on the podcast. So I apologize for anyone who was getting annoyed by my sniffles in yesterday's pod. I just had a really clogged nose for some reason. But today I'm feeling good. Today my nozzles, uh, my my nostrils are feeling clear, and I'm ready to talk some D-backs today. So let's start with the game preview. D-backs face the Texas Rangers today, and luckily for the D-backs, the Rangers are one of the only teams in Major League Baseball with a worse record than them. They both were off to modest starts, I want to say, at the beginning of the year when it was still early. D-backs started the season 13-11, so a couple games above 500. Rangers started the the season 10-9, but then since those two starts, D-backs have lost 23 of their last 30 games with the Rangers winning only 26 of their last 35. So both of these teams have been god-awful since the start of the season. And what can you say about the D-backs? I mean, there's only so much I can say up until this point uh, about the team. I mean, we know their struggles on pretty much every side of the ball. They really don't hit, you know, for too much power. They haven't been hitting for average they they come in uh they come through sometimes with runners in scoring position. Their pitching has been pretty atrocious, pretty up and down all year. Bullpen just as bad. So there's not a lot of things you could take away from this D back season as a positive going into this game. But who knows? We got the new pitcher on the mound tonight. We saw the trade get completed yesterday. I talked about that. Uh, the Caleb Smith trade with the Miami Marlins. It was completed yesterday. D-backs got Julio Frias, pitching prospect, back from the Miami Marlins to complete the deal. 
So we'll see our new pitcher on the mound tonight. So far, Caleb Smith hasn't been able to do uh, a ton of damage in his first two starts with the D-backs, mostly because he's still working his way back from the COVID list. He's missed a lot of time. He hasn't really pitched too much this year, so he's really just working up his arm strength right now. They kind of have him on a pitch limit because if you look at his first two starts with the D-backs, he went three innings in his first start, only two innings last time. And you can't look at the innings. It's really about the pitches. 40 pitches in his first start, 61 in his last start. He was laboring a little bit in that last one. Uh, he, he still only gave up two earned runs, but over two innings, that's not that impressive. But I won't I won't be too mad at Cable Smith right now just because he is working his way back, like I said. So he is probably a little bit rusty. Hasn't had too much time to work with this team and just work in general as a pitcher. Not too much practice time. So he's still working his way back into form. So I'm going to hold my judgment for uh, Caleb Smith until I see more out of him. But so far, this D-backs team, we still want them to look impressive, hopefully. We still want to see some positive signs. Uh, there's still some guys in this D-backs lineup that are pretty deadly. Uh, when you look at Cole Calhoun, when you look at some of these other guys like Christian Walker, maybe Eduardo Escobar can finally get his head out of his booty because he has not been playing well at all. But hopefully the D-backs do get a, a, a breath of fresh air pretty soon. We get some life injected into us because it's expected this week, I don't think today, but sometime during this final homestand, it's expected that Ketel Marte is supposed to return. Now we know Ketel Marte has been on the injured list with the wrist issue, but the Arizona Republic, Nick Pelecaro, is reporting that he could be returning depending on how his batting practice went yesterday at the alternate training site. He did simulate a game on Monday. So we'll see how he looks uh, after yesterday's game. We'll see what the reports are after yesterday's game to see when he's expected back. But he is expected back sometime this week. There's only a handful of games left. I know the season's almost over. It's sad to see the that the baseball season's almost over already considering, you know, we only got 60 games. It's not our normal baseball season where we usually play 162. It was a pretty fun season. I liked it a lot. I liked the urgency felt in every game. I liked how every game felt important. It felt like a, it was basically like the MLB version of the NFL just because every series instead of every game, I guess, every series felt that much more important it felt like you had to go out there and win every series or you know or you or the the playoff race could creep on you real quick and if you don't have a good record you could just be bounced out of it so I liked how we did this shortened season I thought it's been pretty fun I just finished my fantasy baseball league First time ever I was a rookie and had a pretty good season. I led the league in fantasy points scored. I made it to the second round, but unfortunately I lost in the semifinals. And thankfully I dropped all the D-backs after the first couple weeks of the season because I had, you know, I had a, a Robbie Ray on my team. I had a massive bum garner on my team, but I had to drop them off my fantasy baseball team because of how bad they were performing. They were just atrocious, but I digress. So D-backs so against Jordan Lyles tonight. He hasn't been good on the year. He's only one in five with 707 ERA. So this is definitely a, a series that the D-backs could win if they just want to add a little positive momentum to end the year. You just want to see positives at this point of the season. I expect the D-backs to still throw some young hitting prospects into the lineup like a Dalton Varsho. Who knows, maybe a Pavin, 
excuse me, maybe a Pavin Smith makes his way into the lineup. Still not entirely sure uh, who what the lineup's going to be tonight, but I expect to see at least a couple of young guys from the alternate site or minor leagues that they want to see in this lineup to see whether they could be on this roster for next season. And then this bullpen is still a work in progress. They're still trying to see which arms we should uh, keep in the bullpen right now. They seem pretty set on Junior Guerrero and Crichton. Those two seem like the two studs for next season. I, I haven't been a big fan of Taylor Widener this year. I feel like the ball club likes him a lot, but I need to see more from him. And I want to see Kevin Ginkle back. Uh, he, I, I don't think he's been brought back to the team yet. I still think he's at their alternate training site. And Ginkle's been the guy who I've been super high on entering the season. I thought he could be a real closer for this Diamondbacks team. And he was just for a little bit. He, he got a shot from Tori Lovello after Archie Bradley was traded, and he just looked awful. There's nothing that Tori Lovello could do because of how bad he looked. He hasn't had an outing since September 9th, so hopefully he can be back in the lineup pretty soon because I want to see Kevin Ginkle. I want to see the stuff he's made out of because I do think this guy could be the closer of the future, but he has to prove it first. He has to prove it for the rest of the season if he ever gets his shot back because he has not looked good at all in 2020. Now, coming up, I'll tell you guys about who won the NL Player of the Week because you're going to want to hear about this one. But first, can the Guinness Book of World Records give 2020 World's Greatest Delay of Game? Even though sports had a break, your business did it. You have to keep moving, and that makes hiring more important than ever. Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier, like sponsored jobs, which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in a hire, with 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month. Indeed is going to get you the important hire you need, just like they have for over 3 million businesses. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash LockedOnMLB. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash LockedOnMLB. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through September 30th. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it is now impossible to stock all the parts you need in traditional chain store front. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto part customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in there. How did you hear about us box so they know we sent you? Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. 
All right, all right, all right. Let's get back to it. And I know you guys want to know who won the NL Player of the Week. But first, I actually want to talk about Madison Bumgarner just a little bit because after his last start, he actually saw an uptick a little bit in velocity, which is a really positive sign. And this was written by RotoWire staff a few hours ago on CBSSports.com. And they did, they just looked at some of his miles per hour for some of his pitches from Sunday. And there was a slight increase in velocity, which is a positive. His fastball average was 88.1 entering the contest, but it was sitting at 88.9 during the five innings. So I know that doesn't seem like a a big swing in his velocity movement, but that does, that little extra mile per hour on a few of your pitches does make a difference. All of a sudden, you see an 88, now all of a sudden it's 90. That does make a difference, trust me, when those batters are in the batter box. They notice everything, so that little bit uptick in velocity does matter. His cutter was at 84.3. Entering the contest, it was at 83.3, so he saw a full one mile per hour uptick in his cutter. And then his curveball was at 76.8. Now it was at 77.4 in that game. So it was a good game for Madison Bumgarner. He went five scoreless innings, and it could be attributed to the rise in velocity. I don't know whether that's because after a couple starts off the injured list, if he's building his strength back, maybe he's just fully healthy right now with with whatever lingering injury he had. I'm not too sure. Maybe he's been just working on his mechanics on his off days. I'm not entirely too sure what Madison Baumgartner has been doing, but he needs to keep doing that because he needs his velocity to go higher. And it's not like it's not like Baumgartner is like 38 years old. This guy is a fresh 30. He's a young 30, and he's not young in terms of baseball sense because he has a lot of mileage on his arm, but he's a young 30 because he's literally like 30 years old. He's not 31. He's like literally 30. So this he, he's still a young guy in terms of the world. He's not like he just left his 20s, so there's no reason why his arm shouldn't be super worn down unless you just take a look at the mileage he's put on it throughout his career because he was a young guy. I'm not going to make a joke around like he wasn't a young guy when he broke into the league. It was about 19 when he made his debut with multiple seasons of at least 200 innings pitch. He's definitely got mileage on that arm, but considering his age, I feel like he should still be a guy in the prime of his career, maybe the back end of his career, but I feel like it's way too early if you're telling me his his prime is already over. It shouldn't be like that. He should still have a few years of high-quality baseball left, and that's what we need to see in these last couple starts or probably just one start left because that contract right now, it is concerning. He's the highest-paid player on the Diamondbacks. I don't think the contract is outrageous. He's only getting about $15 million a year on average, and... Five years, 85 for a guy of Madison Bumgarner's pedigree. I, I sign up for that contract every time, considering he was only 30 years old. If he was like 33, 34, I would have been more hesitant. But you're telling me a five-year contract until the guy's 35. A pitcher should still have at least three or four more years left at high-quality baseball at that rate. But so far, Madison Bumgarner has not been showing it this season. Definitely not. Uh, Yeah, just not this season. I mean, evidenced by him having zero wins and... 13 straight, uh, 13 or probably 14 now, either 13 or 14 straight starts of winless ball. So, Madison Bumgarner, I like to see the uptick in velocity. Hopefully, it leads to greater success next season because this year we're just going to throw, we're, we're just going to sweep this season 
for Madison Bumgarner under the rug if he comes out firing next year. And we'll just say, hey, it was a lost year. It was the COVID year. It was just a weird, weird year all around. We won't hold it against you because if he comes out and looks like the Madison Bumgarner of young next season, I don't think anyone's going to hold this season really against him too much. But now let me tell you guys about who won the NL Player of the Week because I, I wouldn't just hold this suspense if it wasn't a Diamondback because it's Cole Calhoun who won the NL Player of the Week. A little bit of a, of a surprise, not because his numbers weren't great, but because, you know, he's on an atrocious team right now. But Cole Calhoun was definitely deserving of it. In this past week, Cole Calhoun had six dingers. My goodness. That's a lot of uh, that's a lot of power right there with 12 RBIs. He batted 458 average, 500 OBP and a 1250 OPS or that 500 might be slugging actually, but a 1250 OB 1250 OPS nonetheless. It was a a great week for Cole Calhoun and he, it was mostly because he went against his former squad, the LA Angels. That's where he racked up the home runs and RBIs. We know when guys play against their former teams, sometimes they just go off, and that's what Cole Calhoun did this past week. He looked amazing against uh, the Los Angeles Angels, and now Cole Calhoun has brought his average up to two thirty three on the season. Before playing the Angels, he was batting below the Mendoza line, about one ninety seven. so he's really kicked it up against the Angels, and now he has 15 home runs on the season, and I'm not entirely... Okay, they actually have the stat right here. Cole Calhoun is now tied for ninth in home runs in the major leagues, 17th in RBI. So that's not too bad, honestly. Uh, I think you'll definitely take that. Uh, 15 home runs, that seems like a an insane amount, especially for a 60-game season. I mean, if I just want to do the lazy math and just double it to give you 120 games, that's 30 home runs. And then considering there's another 40 games in that, if you prorate his 15 home runs over the course of a 162-game season, it's like he hit 35, 37 home runs. So the power was definitely there for Cole Calhoun this season. It was definitely a nice pickup for the team. Uh, I, we'll see if they want to move him in the offseason. I was surprised he didn't get moved at the deadline when a guy like Starling Marte was getting moved. But his deal wasn't anything too crazy that he signed for in the offseason. It was a pretty cheap deal by the Diamondbacks because that's all the Diamondbacks do. It just do cheap deals. And Cole Calhoun, a, a former ASU Sun Devil, forks up, has looked you know pretty solid this year. His average is something that... Can always, you know, warrant more, but his power has been there. He's only getting paid eight million bucks next year, so you'll definitely take that as a guy who is a Gold Glove finalist, who's in the conversation, a guy who can hit you thirty plus home runs. You'll definitely take that. And this is just classic Cole Calhoun, a guy who's going to bat two forty with forty home runs. That's what the D backs are signing up for when they sign Cole Calhoun. So he's been everything you probably would have expected. He's been nothing short of what he did pretty much in twenty nineteen. So Cole Calhoun has been a positive. I like him. I, I want to see some more consistency at the plate, but I can't complain at, uh, about the power. He's been a top of the lineup kind of hitter as well. So good job, Cole Calhoun. I, I appreciate your work that you've been doing here. And good job by Madison Baumgartner. to see an uptick in velocity. That gives me a little bit of confidence that maybe the future of 2021 could be a little bit better, but I need to see at least one more start. One more start. And hopefully you get that win to end the 2020 season. That's it for this edition of the Locked On Diamondbacks podcast. Hope everyone liked today's podcast. And as always, stay safe and stay healthy out there.
And don't forget to return tomorrow because we'll have more Diamondbacks news and coverage from the best Diamondbacks podcast out there. Peace! Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 